time is now, the time is here. Round up the soldiers and lend me your ear. Pick your head up, stick your chest out, be strong, listen closely, cause men can't always be wrong. Steve O, JB, B Hudson and T Swin. Come get your mind right, let's dive in the deep end. And attack the issues and problems that hound us today. Yeah, we got in the field, but we ain't coming to play. We all shepherds trying to keep the flock from going astray. If you wanna be the change, then let's be it today. Now there's always obstacles that's gonna get in your way. But it's important how you handle it, maneuver and pray. We keep you up to date, we're current and fast. We all know that the structure been broken, so let's make the repast. There's a culture trying to cancel us and give you a spin. But you can come and get the truth from this panel of men. We on ten, going in, let the speech be free. We about to knock down the doors, you can keep the key. God first, then man, so let's execute the plan. And deliver the message so the people can understand like... The time is now, the time is here Round up the soldiers and lend me your ear Pick your head up, stick your chest out Be strong, listen closely Cause men can't always be wrong The time is now, the time is here Round up the soldiers and lend me your ear Pick your head up, stick your chest out Be strong, listen closely Cause men can't always be wrong Men can't always be Men can't always be Men can't always be What's up? What's up, everybody? Back again. It's the Men Can't Always Be Wrong podcast brought to you by CTR Media Network. And uh, this is your guy, T. Swin. Tonight, we have a really good show. We have a, It's going to be very informative. Um, we have a, a special guest. Really, really cool individual, man. Super energetic. Brings positive energy wherever he goes. So I'm going to introduce my other host for the show. It's your boy, JB. I'm going to keep it really short, man. We got a really good show, man. A lot of good information is going to be on this show. So you might well get a pen and piece of paper. Hey, peace and blessings. I'm excited about tonight. Uh, this is going to be a good one, as always, and looking forward to chopping it up with our guest. Hey, what's up, ZLDC1? Hey, shout out to everybody that's been um, supporting the podcast. And, yeah, we got Mr. Mario on in the building, so it's going to be a podcast. Like I said, pull out your pins, your pads, everything's going to be a lot of information out here. I'm gonna have a little, I ain't gonna do too much talking. I'm gonna be listening myself. I know everybody used to me talking, but I'm gonna take in this information like everybody else. So, you know, um, <laughs> congrats and salute to the gentlemen on the show, too, man. Salute to y'all, man. Yes, sir. Back at you. And man, now our special guest of the evening. Yo, what's up, fam? Mr. Mario Armstrong. What's T-Swing, up? We've been what's trying up? to get this set up for a minute, right? Yes, sir. It's, yeah, it's been some time. Yeah, man, we appreciate you stopping by and coming on with us. Man, this is a big deal. I appreciate you all taking out the time in your show. You could have had any guest on the show, but you decided to roll with me, so I appreciate it. And um, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. We all about spreading good energy and positive information and energy, man. So, uh, Mr. Armstrong, man, so uh, give some background on yourself. Uh, Man, I mean, the quick background would be, you know, I'm a husband, um, Married to my wife for over 10 years, uh, over 15 years, actually. And uh, we got a son named Christopher. <clears throat> and my wife and I are actually in business together. We both went we went broke pursuing our dream and um, really fought through that. Just like everybody else, y'all, everybody's gone through some kind of dip or some kind of um, what feels more permanent than temporary at times. But everybody's gone through something that has really kind of pushed you to your limit. And that was that was us. Other people have had worse situations that we've had 
But um, that was our bottom. That was our low when we were out of money, when we were bankrupt and my mother-in-law was paying for our groceries. Um, my godmother was paying for my train tickets. I'm a, Balt I'm a Baltimore boy, born and raised in, in Beemore. And uh, we had a lot of opportunity that I was um, kind of cooking up at the time in New York and trying to get onto these TV networks and all these uh, media places because I was like this person that could talk about tech in a way that was really accessible to a lot of people. So I was able to break down technology in a way that was really understandable. And at that time, there wasn't really anybody else. There was only like myself, maybe Omar Wasso, a couple other people, very few people that was doing this. So it opened up a lane, but I didn't have any money to really execute the lane. So what's worse is when you know you got something of value of something of a talent or a gift to share, but you're having trouble executing it because you don't have the resources or you don't have the access. And I just think that um, my story is kind of testament to not be not giving up, being resilient and being creative. Uh, Damon John, who has, is now like a friend and also a business partner, he says in his book, you know, it's the power of being broke. When you're broke, you got no other choice but to get creative. Like a lot of people don't know that same FUBU t-shirt that was showing up in music videos in the 90s was like one of three t-shirts that he had. He didn't have a line of them. He was just washing that same old sweaty ass t-shirt and putting it on another rapper. <laughs> and throwing it on on a, on a video shoot people don't know that so it's like they think that you know everybody was wearing something fresh nah he was recycling stuff like i gotta get that back after the shoot so i can take it to the next one try to get some more free marketing so everybody's been through something and um i'm just happy that you know we kind of persevered through and we started building for those that don't know i create content for entrepreneurs and creators and we teach you all how to um, everything from how to build your business, to build your personal brand, get into the media and how to get access to money from corporate sponsors. And that's when we uh, when we unlocked that thing started changing for us. When we started understanding how to get funding from that non-traditional source instead of just going into our credit cards or trying to get a loan or family and friends. That's when we really started getting some steam behind us because I was like, oh, wait, I can create an idea. And I can sell the idea and I can convince a brand to sponsor it so I can actually get some of this money up front for the idea. And that kind of changed everything once I got kind of in on that particular angle. And so now today, you know, we got a couple of Emmys that we won for some of the shows that we've created. Um, and this is just kind of a testament to like it's really not about the Emmy more than it's about like persevering your dream and just kind of sticking through and staying you know, re straight resilient, because when you get. When you get knocked down, it's hard to get back up, but you got to know who you're fighting for. And I think we knew who we were fighting for, and that's why we were able to rise back up. So where did the, I would like to know, because I have a lot of quotes in my life, and you use the quote, never settle. So I want to know what brought you to the quote, never settle. Like what happened in your life to say, hey, I'm never going to settle. Because um, you know, a lot of people settle. A lot of people get stuck yeah. in ways. A lot of get people stuck in situations and say, man, I'm going to just settle and try to bump this. So what happened in your life that made you go with that quote that made, you know, made that a powerful quote for you in your life? Yeah, bro, that's really a great insight because, I mean, look, it's easier to not have ambition. Like, right. it's right. just easier. It's yeah. easier to mm -hmm. not have ambition. The problem is many of us know something about us that we're great at. We right. know we got some kind of gift. We know we have some talent, whether we want to believe it or not. Somebody else has told us. Some of us actually know what that is. And so... When you actually are being true to yourself and you know that, then it becomes difficult. I think the hardest thing for a human being is to actually know what they're good at, but not be able to see how to execute it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Bad. Like, that's got to hurt. Yeah. Like, you know, you yeah. can sing, but yeah. you have no idea how to get 
how to yeah. get your music out there or how to how to build it. You know what I mean? You got people yeah. now like Toby and Wigway, you got LaRussell, you got other people kind of showing the way of like how you can do this now. But you didn't really have that several years ago. Really? You just didn't. Right. You had to get signed if you really mm -hmm. wanted to pop. So right. I think for me, what happened was one time I was on Twitter, man, and um, I said, I wish I could find, I, I, I need to go and try to find this tweet. I think we actually <laughs> saved it as an image, but I got to go and look in our, in our Google Drive to see if it's there. But I remember typing up this, this uh, motivational tweet, and it was just like we were right in the grind of people telling us no to the show idea that we were launching. We were trying to launch a talk show that was going to have a live studio audience but it was going to be all about entrepreneurship and telling stories about really people of color, but also other people, but mostly people of color and their stories as it relates to being an entrepreneur. Right. But we want to do it with a live audience, live interaction, people watching live online as well as being live in studio. And um, so it was a big production for us at that time. And I remember like getting told no by some of these networks that I had already built a relationship with. And I remember tweeting and I was just like, if you believe in what you believe in, you got to put the work in. It was something like that. It was some kind of rhyme that I did. And then I was like, hashtag never settle. And right. then nobody paid attention to anything I said in the, in the tweet. Everybody <laughs> came back with like, yeah, never settle. Yeah, never settle. And so we saw <laughs> like this like response to those right. two words. And we were like, yeah. yo, what is that? <laughs> like we just tapped something. And so at that point, I think we just adopted it. And, and, and that's when we started the Never Settle Club. And that's when we started really just focusing in on what does it mean to not give up? Never hashtag never settle. No, that's dope. That's dope. That's dope. But that really wow. all comes from watching my dad, you know, as a Baltimore kid being raised, um, uh, for those in Baltimore that know, like being raised over by Bundaman Mall and, and, and Drew Hill. And these are places where Drew Hill came from and stuff like that. Like not too far mm -hmm. from where Freddie Gray riots happened, which is called an area called Penn North. Like I live like around, I, you know, grew up around the corner from that. But then like my dad was always on that. Like I got to get us to bigger and better. Right. I got to get right. us to bigger and better. And I just remember watching my dad go broke pursuing his dream of like trying to create a Motown in Baltimore at the time. And he had a couple of music groups under him and they did get to travel. Cause I remember a Christmas or two when he won there, cause he was in Tokyo, he was in Japan with the group um but it didn't work out like he just didn't get those hits that really could send it off into a whole other thing and watching him be able to kind of bounce back from pursuing that dream having to claim bankruptcy i remember i remember riding around with him in the car and he would go looking for home like we we barely making ends meet and he's looking for new homes like in new right. neighborhoods that i don't that i don't even know about like he was just on that kind yeah. of level and i think that impressioned me as a young black male i think it just made me see like yo you can really do what you think you can do you just gotta really have a vision for it and you gotta take some steps towards it man i think your dad gave you something that yeah. you just said happened in your future because just like you said with the free with the dude with the free research he had to he had to fake it till he make it right and i think your dad and i do the same thing with my son mm -hmm. i showed him stuff that i really can't afford or really good, but I, I try to show them say, Hey, you can do this, even though I can't. In my head, I'm like, Man, I really can't. Like, sometimes I got a family of seven, right? I know if I go out to eat, it's 200, 300 plus, take right? Right, mm -hmm. I do it, but in my head, I'm like, Man, they don't know I'm straining, like, I'm trying to right throw them, you know what I'm saying? You can do it, it's a better life without showing them I'm straining for it. So, I think that was a man, LDC one that's powerful, bro. I, yeah. I, I keep, I talk about mm -hmm. like, I talk about this often that we gotta exposure. 
Right. Like, yo, everything yeah. that we've become is because of exposure. So the more mm -hmm. we can expose, and I mean everything. So sometimes we just got to taste something that we can't necessarily afford. Yeah. We need to taste it. I remember the first time I was like, yo, I'm going to bump up this coach, this damn coach ticket to first class. <laughs> yeah. I need to understand what's going on up there. And this the <laughs> right. I was straining yeah. to do it, right? I was Thanks. straining to do it. And then when I did it, I was like, wait a minute, I get on the plane first. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I get to start yeah. working or doing whatever the hell I want to do while everybody yeah. else is still loading on the plane yeah. for a good half hour, 45 minutes. Then I get drinks if that's what I mm. want. Um, they take my jacket, all that good stuff. I get off the plane first. Right. So I don't have to worry about missing a gate. So wait, everybody up here don't look as stressed. The people in the back <laughs> trying to grab their luggage. Can I get in front of you? Because my gate, my, my flight, I got to catch me. You know, I was like, yo, uh, the happiest people in the world. So, yo, so I was yeah. like, I need to fly like this forever. But I needed to taste it. And after I tasted yeah. it, I was like, how do I recreate that? The, the part is I couldn't do it right away, right? Like I couldn't continually do that. But I tasted it. And once I tasted it, I understood that that was a new goal. And now it's like, yo, I'm not, unless I have to fly a coach for some reason, because there's no connected flight or something, I'm trying to fly <laughs> straight, direct, and only first class. Next one is private jets, but we ain't there yet, but that's next. <laughs> <laughs> this was up. This was up, man. This Even if up. it's on a timeshare, I'll take the timeshare on a jet. I ain't got to own the jet. I'm not trying to stunt like that. I don't I have to like, flex. Yeah, like, real, <laughs> it's, a, it's enough to get on the timeshare of a jet, all right? Yeah, I just need a few pictures. Yeah, yeah. I, I just need <laughs> And he didn't have to do that, right? Like we yeah, all yeah. just assume he's doing something, right? So like, Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Exactly. Man, now that was a quote you post. There's a quote you posted recently, man. Uh it said it's not that you don't have the uh, resources you need is that you need to know how to structure deals with the people who have the resources. Uh, when did you figure that out for yourself? Yeah. Um, damn, that's a good one. Um, not because it's mine. It's just a good one. It's just like that. Cause that really is, that really is, that really is it. I think, I think, um, I think I was always studying how people moved. I don't think that I, there was a time later on in my life as I got, in, I guess, in my like late 20s or whatever that I was really like kind of focused on that. But I think early on, I didn't know that that's what I was doing. I think I was just studying people and I was just studying people that seemed to have their stuff together and studying people that seem to be moving in spaces and doing things that interest me. And I just became a bit I just became a, like a heavy student. I think that was partially because my dad was really on like reading. And so he was like, you know, who are you studying? Like, who are you interested in? What are you trying to do? And he would be like, you should get a book on that or you should read a magazine on that. And so mm -hmm. I think understanding when I really saw the inside is when I got on to the Today Show. When I finally got onto the Today Show and hustled to get like this one shot opportunity, I saw like, first off, mm -hmm. I just saw like how much activity was going on on set. Secondly, I saw like how much money was moving in terms of like what's going on on set, who's coming on, what's going out, lights, camera, editing, all this stuff mm -hmm. that's happening. People doing wardrobe, makeup, hairstylists, security, like the whole thing. And at that point, I realized, oh, it's actually about knowing how to access the resources and knowing how to access the rooms than it is more 
and in some cases than knowing the actual stuff like like knowing the stuff is important because once you mm. get a chance to show who you are or what you're about you want that to come through that you've been a student that you know what you're talking about that you got some level of expertise or passion mm. but i know plenty of experts that don't know how to access a room i know plenty of experts that don't get brand deals. I know plenty of people that have tripled the following that I have, but don't get the brand sponsorships that I get. So I realized like there's something off, there's something off balance about this. How am I able to access? And then I realized it's like, oh, I've been studying how these deals are made. Oh, I've been studying how to actually be profitable in my industry. A lot of people try to study how to get into the industry, but they don't study necessarily how to be profitable yeah. in that industry. And I think once I really started studying the deal making and the deal structure, it educated me really quick. And then you say like this, uh, fake it till you make it. And I say like, act as if. So I just started acting as if I knew. And I just act as if I knew what the deal structure should be. I acted as if, I remember when, um, I remember when Russell Simmons was talking about, um, what's his name that came to him? Um, Birdman, Birdman came to him. And Birdman came to him and basically, okay was talking about his label and was talking about Wayne and everybody else. And he was trying to structure a deal. And Russell was like, yo, what are you talking about? Like, you, there's no way you get to own 90% of this situation. And Birdman was like, I don't understand. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm the one with the beats. I'm the one with yeah. the production. I'm the one with the people. I'm the one with the staff and the team. Like, what are you talking about? And so Russell said the fact that he didn't know actually gave him a leg up. So I was always torn by like, how much do I need to know mm -hmm. versus how much should I also kind of be ignorant? And then I was like, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to know and then I'm going to act dumb. Mm. <laughs> so I took both of them and kind of mixed it together. I was like, I'm going to learn yeah. what I need to learn, but then I'm going to act like I don't know so they can try to fool me, but then they're going to realize they can't. But by that time, I'm already in the door. So now we're in the negotiation phase because you don't got, you know, we, we don't got to that part. Yeah. So now it's. Now it's about, do you really want to kill the deal? Because we got all the way down to this part. And now you found out that, oh, damn, he knows a little bit about this industry. He's trying to really finagle himself in a way that can position himself better. Here's my, here's my question for you. Yeah. Um, when you. When you talk about vision and you a person like myself, I know my vision. I know my purpose in life. But then knowing what I come through, my lane that I'm in, it's, I, don't, I don't think there's no lane. No one can come into the lane because it's a whole new lane. And this lane is just dealing with restructuring uh, the way police deal with citizens and how citizens deal with police and getting the effective help and assistance to citizens in a way that police can't give or don't give. Mm. Uh, and, and what I have, it can be it could be implemented right now all over the country, anywhere in the world that can immediately help people in a time of need proactively and reactively against any solution of crime or any problem, even dealing with police. Um, and then there's a way that is so set up that every community in every zone area can get a specific police officer instead of having to deal with all these other different officers coming to your community or to your problem and you don't know who they are. So now that I know I have these expertise, I, I know my vision, I know my purpose in life, because there's no one in policing has ever done what I've done ever in policing in and of itself. So now how with that lane, when nobody's there, how, how can I bring that vision, a person like me, bring a vision 
into some in an atmosphere that is no one never don't even it's never existed. If that yeah, man. I, I mean, you know, when you got a vision that when you have a vision of something that already like doesn't exist, the resistance to that vision is going to be super heavy. Oh, it's already trust me. <laughs> you just hit <laughs> it on the nail. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Because they're gonna say it could have been if it, if that could have been the case if we could have done we, it would have already been done. So I think when I when I hit situations like that, the the one thing that I've seen because we as a society, unfortunately for a lot of us, we've been addicted to acceptance. Meaning yeah. we have to we have to do something in order to yeah. try to get accepted by it. That could have been just and even if in our own families trying to get accepted from our our brother or a cousin or our parents or whoever. So it, it's like a natural thing, but it gets really bad when it, when it, when it dictates how you actually move and nobody gets to dictate your destiny. Only you do. So I think in those moments when I got a vision that's so big or so powerful or so unique and different that other people may not be able to understand or see, I go down to the smallest, I'm talking minuscule moment one small step at a time. So I go into this framework of what's the next right step? Like what's the next, really in this case, what's the next smallest right step? So I would throw it back at you. What is the, what if you could take your vision and boil it down to what you could do tomorrow morning and actually achieve, what would that next smallest right next step be for you? Wow. Well, I, I know for sure. It's just a matter. Then the next step will be, it's a matter of, like you said, I've been listening. It's, it's getting, it's getting, it's getting to the right connection to the person or activist or someone in a community, someone that knows a, a, who has a heart and knows the struggle and the pain of the people to actually to unite with that person to get that to the right politician or, or, or okay perfect stop there because that's step two and three and four so you said the next right step is find a community activist that's down for this idea that's down for this cause that understands the pain so they're looking for solutions you know they need to solve the problem so now you have a viable uh, customer that needs your solution because it can help them solve a problem so the first step is okay now we got to try to connect to that person Okay, but that's not the step. That's great that you have that, but that's still not the step. So what's the step for that? Is it you're going to write down a list of people? Is it I'm going to reach out to some people in my own community to find to try to see, yo, who do you know is really doing things? Like, what is the step to the step? Like that you can do. You can do those things tomorrow. You can make that reach mm -hmm. out and you can start small and then somebody will lead you to somebody, which will lead you to somebody. And then you end up at Robert's house. And now you're talking to Robert. Now you're talking to Robert, right? And then you're saying to Robert, and he's saying to you, okay, how do I do this? And you go, well, we need to find a politician. Who do you know? Or who do, how do we get that? And then you're on your next right step. I got you. So it really is a matter of taking the vision. And what we don't really do, which is why I put together this whole new system, man, and we, I'm trying to build it into an app because we, we did it as a workbook just to really – test it out and see how it was going for people but it's basically called a goal buddy planner this goal buddy planner is meant to have you kind of put down what is your goal what are your goals for the month what are your goals for the week what's your goals for the year and then what are the small steps that's going to get you there what are the obstacles that could get in the way we never account for the obstacles that could get in the way of the stuff we want to get done 
But if you know where the roadblocks are, if you know what the blind spots are before you hit them, you can adjust so you can get more things done faster. And then when you do it with a buddy, that's like going to the gym. You rather I'd rather go to the gym any day with a friend and go by my damn self because I know <laughs> I really put it in. I know I'm, I know they're going to be looking at me. I know I'm going to really put it in. So it's the same thing when we're trying to pursue our goals. So what I try to teach people is to reverse engineer the goal. So if you really see this vision and I'll say, OK, let's say it's going to take you nine months or a year. It could take you three. But let's just say you put some time frame on it. Then you just got to reverse engineer backwards. And what you do is you start thinking about the very smallest step that you can take every day or every week towards yeah. it. You look up four weeks later, you actually got some traction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the idea gets so big that we don't take the time to write it down that we get frustrated because we're like, yo, how come nobody's understanding what I'm talking about? Can't they see this? Yeah. And it's like, if you just break it down in small steps, you'll be, you'll be easier on yourself and you'll get moments of momentum, and that's going to give you a lot of wind behind your back. Yeah. Uh, my question, uh, yeah. well, my question is, uh, I, I looked at your TED Talk recently, and it was a very good TED Talk, uh, how to uh, master the ask. Oh, yeah, thanks, JB. Appreciate that. What uh, what opportunities have opened up for you for just by asking somebody? Oh, bruh. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Yo, that's a great question. <laughs> I've... I've I don't think anybody's ever asked me that question before. Not like that. That's for damn sure. Um, the opportunities that have opened up. Oh, man. So, okay. Uh, my first uh, my first opportunity to get on radio uh, opened up because I asked. I, I literally cold called uh, a small station and was like, I got this show idea. Can I get on? And they put me through a little bit of a ringer. But it was cool. I got on. Then I remember, and it was small. It was almost meaningless. Um, but then I remember calling the ABC station in in Baltimore. And I was like, yo, if I could get on TV, because I didn't graduate college. I went to college because I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be in broadcasting. I knew I wanted to be in TV, media, radio. Like, I knew that was my lane. But... Um, because I got shot at while I was attending the university in West Virginia, uh, my parents was like, um, yeah, they just called us and said, you know, it's getting too risky out there. We, you need to get back. And I'm like, damn, how did I leave Baltimore to get shot at in West Virginia? Like, this is crazy. But yeah. nonetheless, that's how the cards got dealt. Um, and so I left that college and never found my footing back into college after that. It just didn't wasn't in the cards. So I had to fight for everything because I didn't have the sheet of paper. Um, so I had to create. I had to get smart. So while I had a day job, I was calling other places to figure out how I could do this side hustle, how I could work for these other places or do stuff for free. I had the day job. I had the salary covered. So I was like, I just need to get these opportunities. So I think I just learned all they could say is no. And so many people allow the no to lock them up that they don't take the chance because they don't understand that it's a 50-50 situation. Like, and you can put it, make, you can make it more 70, 30, 80, 20. If you remove what could be an obstacle. In other words, I went to channel two, ABC local station was like, I want to be able to do what I'm doing on radio, but I'll do it for you for free. Just let me get one Thursday. Let me just do it every Thursday morning. I'll talk about technology to, to your viewers. And they were like for free. And I was like, yeah, for free. Well, I immediately removed any obstacle. <clears throat> 
So I had, like I said, I had the day job. So I was like, yo, I just, they don't know that I need the experience. I needed the experience. They were getting free content from me. When you know why you're being used, let them use you. Too often, we, I think we get the ego gets in the way and we don't want to do things because you're like, yo, you should pay me for that. Or, yo, you know, so-and-so is getting this, getting that. But it's like, why are you doing it? If you're doing it for the pay, then yeah, get your pay. I was doing it because I needed the experience because I saw a goal for myself. How do I get to national television? How do I get to national media? And I was like, yo, if I could do it in local, then I can, if I can break in, then I can get the experience. Then I can learn what it's like to be on a set. Then I can learn what it's like to be on live TV. Then I can learn what it's like when they go to a commercial break that I can learn what it's like to have to talk in 30-second bits. So that, to me, was like every time I asked, I just recognized more opportunities were happening, bro. So I think every single thing that's happened to me has been because I asked. Getting these Emmys happened because I asked, bro. You're making me really dig now. Bro, like, <laughs> I remember because I didn't have a studio to shoot the show at. We couldn't afford it in New York. It's just too much money. And 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 I'm telling you, this is different than the studios that, that we got now with like virtual and StreamYard and all these things. Like all that wasn't going on then. It was like Facebook Live and Periscope. It wasn't, none of that was happening. And so um, we had, I had to ask, I basically called around to some uh, companies that had like these large lobbies. And I was like, if we use your, can you, can you let us use your lobby to shoot our show in the evenings? It won't be during the workday, so it won't mess with your, with your workflow, making it easy for them. But what we'll do is we'll include your product as a commercial in the show for a trade, basically a barter. You give me the space, let me use it. I'll bring in the cameras, bring in the crew, bring in the equipment. We'll be like ninjas. You won't even notice us like that. But every time we come in for the next eight weeks to shoot our eight episodes, we're going to mention your product in the show. And if we have a special guest that you want to meet, like Damon John, if he comes on the show or somebody like that, then I'll set it up that your, that your people can get a chance to meet them. Yo, after like the third place that we went to, we got a yes. But two places told us no. So I can't, and then we end up with this. So I can't, I can't think of a time that asking did not create a mega opportunity for me. And I just think that people are hesitant People think that you got to have it all together in order to make the ask. People don't need to see all that. People just need to see your potential. That's what people really want to see, like your potential. So asking has become the most significant way for anybody, in my opinion, to level up. Yes, sir. Yeah, so how do you get into... Um... <laughs> Was you always a technology person for tech? So you, is some of you always been into as a kid, or some of you got into that later when you found out it was a uh, because you know back in the day, me I was a toy person. You know, I'm Ninja Turtles, right? I wish I would have known tech was gonna be what it was today. I would have been more technical. <laughs> so, so that was that's something you was always into, or did you get into it when you seen it was arising from it? You know? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it was always in me to mess around with it, but I really didn't like it to the degree that like engineers and programmers, it was this weird thing that happened to me. So let me answer your question first. I'll tell you why I got a little weird. First and foremost, I was just like you. I think I was just into, into toys and, and, and kind of like, I, I really liked television and I was like, yo, how does that work? Right. So that interested me. And then I was like, radio seems cool. How does that work? 
but I didn't want to fix any of it. I didn't want to make it. I wanted to be the voices that was on the air or be the person that was being seen on screen. But I wanted to understand how it worked. So that kind of balance of wanting to be talent as well as understanding how it, how the sausage is being made was kind of like just enough for me to learn. And then I started just like picking up little gadgets. For some reason, I always liked messing around with damn gadgets. I don't know why, man. I just did. And then it became this thing. Like people would just look to me. You know, I was like in sales and I remember having this little audio recorder. And, and, and like, I was like the only salesperson that had one of them. And they were like, yo, why do you have that? I was like, because I don't have to miss miss Mr. Larry's drop off. He going to be here tomorrow at 10, 10 o'clock in the morning. He going to expect these cell phones. I was selling cell phones. And stuff. Right. And so they were like, you don't, you don't write it down. I was like, nah, I just got it on this little thing I carry with me. <laughs> it was crazy. So I was, on, I was just up in the radio shack like that, I guess, man. I don't know. But me at too. a certain point. <laughs> At a certain point, what did change was I noticed that nobody was talking about technology oh. in the thing I wanted to be on. Okay. And I think that's when the switch. And so the switch for everybody listening or watching is it's not necessarily about learning the, it's not necessarily about, like I talk to kids all the time and, and it's like, Mr. Armstrong, I don't really want to get into technology. I really want to pursue, you know, this football thing, or I really want to pursue this music thing. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm not going to dream kill. I'm not going to tell you not to do that. You know, so, so do that. But here's what I want you to understand is like, how does technology play a role in it? Can you just also learn that for me? Yeah. And then, and then it becomes like, oh, so I don't need to go and learn engineering for engineering's sake. I can go over here and actually learn as it relates to the sport of football or as it relates to fashion, or as it relates to making music. And I'm like, yeah, now it's relevant. So I think that for me, I just started seeing that, oh, technology is becoming relevant in people's lives and there's nobody on the air really talking about it. Oh, this is a chance for me to make this, make this run. And then, and that's what I did. And that's what I, and then I think being black, it was also just completely helpful because it just wasn't enough of us really. I, I mean, there was enough black techies but they weren't on air. They right, weren't on gotcha. air. So gotcha. that kind of made, and that's where, but what's funny is to a certain degree, I think the real techies was just like, yo, I think he kind of pseudo tech. I don't think he really fully, I don't think he fully, <laughs> fully tech. <laughs> but then everybody at home that yeah. was watching me on TV was like, I love this tech guy. Cause he explains it to me in a way I can understand. So it was weird because it was like, I was getting a lot of acceptance and understanding from non-techies, but not as much love from the actual techies themselves. But I don't know if it was because I was breaking it down in a way that they weren't or that I was breaking it down and I was watering it down. And, you know, it didn't matter to no, me. Was I was skin, doing was what I thought was helpful. It was that skin tone, man. No, but I was getting that. I was getting some of that from my own people. That be, that, that's what I'm saying. That's like the dumb part for me, bro. Like, we the crabs in the buckets, man. Like we always gonna, it's always us trying to pull us back in the bucket, man. I don't get that at all. Yeah, I don't yeah. get that part at all. At all. But that's a good question. So I think you know you got to keep your eyes open for the opportunities. You got to understand what you're passionate about, and then that's how you can start to really maneuver yourself and kind of find yourself into these into these spaces where other people aren't really paying attention to. Yeah, find your niche. Yes, sir. Yeah, sometimes you got to create it. Yeah. I didn't even know it was a niche. 
It just, now, I just knew yeah. people weren't on air doing it. Like, y'all know somebody's not doing something you want to do. And so it's like, okay, how can you do it that's really relevant to you? That's going to be a niche because it's relevant to you. Nobody else can be you, so it's going to be unique anyway. Yep, you right. I mean, man, you speak your facts, bro. Gotcha. We got a comment from the King's daughter today. Let's see. We got a comment. We got a comment. It says, it's always good to be in a circle or common denominator or whatever it is that you are in to coincide in the field you want to be in. That's powerful. And, 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 you know, when we in these rooms, it's no time for second doubt. It's no time for like second guessing, no time for self doubt. Like when you're in the room, you already got in the room. Like I'll see people get into a room and then they shrink. And I'm like, yo, why y'all shrinking? Like, this is the time to express yourself. Like, yeah. you already in the room. You're like, you're supposed to be here. I don't care if you're the youngest one. I don't care if you're the blackest one. I don't care. Like, if you in the room, you're supposed to be in the room. So max it out. You know, take advantage of it. I, I completely agree with, like, you know, it's good to be in the circle of that common denominator, whatever it is that you're in. So let, me ask you, let me ask you this. When you in that room... Is there some do's and don'ts that you should do or you shouldn't do, or what you should say when you should you shouldn't say? Is there is there a lingo? Is there is there like a protocol? You know what I'm saying? What I mean, I think before there would be an argument that could be made that you know that you know we know how to play the game, <laughs> and I think that we I think that <laughs> that's done now. I think that you know I think like. Yo, there's no need for you to do that. You need to fully be you. And if somebody else can't deal with it, that's actually their issue. Yeah. And I know, like, well, how far, Mario? I don't, that's up to the individual. I can't tell. But what I can tell you is, like, just read read the spaces. Like, what I, what I do know is that I do know that we know how to read a room. I do know that. And I think that's just because of how we've had to to move that I think at least for me I know that I can read a room and I know that if I'm in the room I'm not being quiet to be quiet I'm not going to talk just to talk I'm going to have something to say or some value to add or a question that hopefully generates some action but I'm not just going to be sitting in the background mm. so I think that um number one be you because at least if you if at least if somebody's trying to play you for being you, at least you understand where that what that is. Like I, I like I'd like to know why I'm being played. And if I'm not being me, I can't tell if I'm being played because now I done acted fake or I did something that's not true to me. So now I don't know if they're playing me because of that or because of something else. And now I'm all like confused. I'd rather just be authentically me and then understand exactly where it is and exactly where somebody else stands because then I know how to maneuver. I know how to I know how to work with that. And so I think, number one, I don't think you should be quiet in a room, but I think you should speak up when you have something of value to say. Okay. Cool. Uh, have your lane became more difficult being that it's um, a more open world? Like what I'm saying, you know, you know, you got the internet and got more powerful and you got more people in your lane. Have you felt the pressure? You know, like you're Hell at yeah. your, your level, right? You know what it took to get there, but are you feeling pressure? Like it seems like it's so easy for guys to just come up now. They see you, they'll look at you and be like, oh, let me copy this, and I'm finna come up. Do you feel that press? Like, you say, I work hard, man. I had to do this. I went through evictions, everything to get to, and it seems like, it's kind of like the boxing world. People are mad at uh, 
forgot his name because I don't really watch him. The white box. What's that uh, celebrity boxer? I forgot his name. Oh, oh, Jake oh, Powell, uh, uh, like uh, the real Paul, boxer, man. Yeah, oh, Jake Paul. Yeah, yeah. Get there, and, and you skipping up the ropes because you're a celebrity. So do you feel that pressure being in the lane? You how hard it took you to get to the lane, but then you got all these tech people just doing it. Uh, you know. Well, you know, yeah, you know what, man? I didn't feel that type of pressure. I felt different pressure. I understand how people can feel that too, though. But I, I started noticing just like you said like paying attention to the market. I started noticing internet was becoming way more available. People right. were really, people were asking their kids more and more questions. Their kids were growing up on the internet so yeah. now they can answer their parents' problems. So my job of being kind of like this filter that was able to educate all these masses of people was I was like, yo, they got Google now. Like things, things going, things are going to change real quick. <laughs> right. Between, and they got Google in their house. Like they got right. their sons, daughters, nieces, nephews. Like, and so I was like, all right. And at that time, I was also ready to kind of pivot. I was ready to do more in entrepreneurship. I was ready to do, because I knew that I was more than tech, but I knew that was my way in. So what was actually happening to me is I was getting pigeonholed. What was actually happening was mm. the networks and the media and all these other pe people that knew me only knew me for tech or only wanted to see me doing tech. So anytime I had something else to offer or to give up, they didn't even want to hear it. They had already boxed me in so tight they were like yo just stay in that box you killing it in that lane like why right. was, like what do you you know and i understand how that happens to people so i think for me the pressure was how do i leave something that's been so good to me and can i actually make that step out on faith to change my whole trajectory so yeah i talk about tech but nowhere near like now tech is like 10 percent of what i talk about yeah nowhere near where yeah. it was 100% of what I talked about before. So that was a rough moment to be like, I'm going to actually walk away from what has been feeding me really, really well because I think I see the writing on the wall and I think I'm kind of done with this. And if I don't switch now, I think I'll be typecast forever. Man, you got a big, uh, you got a big, uh, you got yeah. some, uh, I don't know what the world I'm looking for. You got like this, you got a big belief system. It seemed like you don't, and I get why you got that belief system because you do have to take the change. You got to step off the ledge, and a lot of people are scared to step off that ledge. You, you know, and it, because it, our it, brain it, is wired to protect us. See, see, yeah. the, the hack is this, right? You're so right, but like, <laughs> we a lot of people will operate based off of fear, right? Uh, 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 operate like based off of avoiding fear, right? As opposed to like actually leaning into the possibility of it working out. Oof. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Facts, so, it's, yeah. So, yeah. so it's like it's like the same people that like, and I get this line too, where people be like, "Yo, I love it when the haters come after me because it gives me like that fuel." I get that, and I've had those moments in my life too. But you know what? I also like I also like proving my supporters right. Huh? Yeah. So it's like it's like which energy do I want to do? Do I want to do do I want to do the negative energy of like, "Yo, I, I can't wait for these I can't wait for these haters to see me get on." Like, okay, I get that that can fuel you in the instant, but do I really want to carry that fuel for like three years trying to prove these haters wrong? Or do I really want to prove the people that do believe in me right? And so I, I kind of try to change and reframe the perspective. And it's because I found out through talking to a neuroscientist and he broke it down. He was like, well, the brain doesn't know the difference when it's, and when it's afraid, it's afraid. Mm -hmm. So somebody walking up on a stage in front of 200 or 2,000 people could literally be scared to death. Right. And it's going to feel like they're being mugged at gunpoint. 
Right. Now, they're not being mugged at gunpoint. They're not going to die on that stage. Nobody's going to shoot them. They're on the stage. But it feels the same in their brain. And I was like, why is that? And he said, because the brain has been conditioned to protect us from the things that we are afraid of. But hmm. once you understand the difference between real fear and fake fear, then you can hack it. Because Oof. now you know what it is you're feeling. So now I know when my underarms get sweaty or when my mouth gets dry or I'm in front of somebody and I'm like, yo, I need to ask, you know, this person or that person. Like sometimes I'll find myself in these in these back rooms or these I'll be behind stages that I'm speaking at or I'll be in these green rooms. And I've seen a lot of different people, man. You name them. I've, I've seen so many people that I've been exposed to. And there'll be moments where I'll start to feel that sweat, even though I've had no problem walking up to people, asking them questions or introducing myself. Doesn't mean that I don't go through the process of feeling it. I'm not a damn robot. I ain't chat GPT out here. So like, I'm like, yo, I'm glad somebody caught that. I'm like, yo, I was like, damn, that fell flat. <laughs> but I'm like, yo, I know that when I feel my palms getting sweaty or my underarms getting sweaty, I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. This is okay. I'm about, uh, there's a breakthrough that's about to happen right now. Like whatever you're thinking, keep going. Like I, I bumped into Byron Allen recently and I got TV shows. I got stuff. I'm trying to, yeah. I'm, I've been trying to get in front of Byron Allen for a minute. Cause people right. don't know on, on the low, this dude been yeah. killing it. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, you know, it wasn't until he got on the breakfast club, everybody was like, what? Sure. <laughs> Before yeah. the breakfast club, I already knew he'd been killing it. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. I'm like, yo, I'm getting sweaty palms. I'm trying to get my phone, my, my photo album in my phone, right? Because whenever I roll up on somebody, I got my, I got stuff in my phone, in my photo albums, labeled, ready. So I got video, I got testimonials, I got me on TV, I got me in the podcast, I got me with celebrities, I got like whatever I need to show people while I'm talking to them. I'm like, show you, my phone is right beside my face. So they can be right. looking at my phone and looking at me and be like, okay, this dude seemed to be the real deal. And so I was getting all nervous and I was like, okay, yep, you feeling that, you feeling that energy. But at that time, most people shut down. So I think if you could understand that that's what your body's just going through because it's just meant to protect you, but that you're not in a life or death situation, that you actually need to embrace that feeling because that means you're about to hit a breakthrough. Yeah, getting back to, to go taking it back a little bit about getting into the room. When did you come up with the idea that you're going to ask people for 11 minutes of their time instead of asking for just a minute or an hour or 30 minutes? Because, because man, people ask for too much damn time from people and it's like, Okay, so really how I found out that this 11 minutes could work was partially a Jedi mind trick. It was partially like, I'm going to ask for something different. <laughs> but I could have asked for 15, and that would have still been different. But, but what I found was when you – so many people would hit me up, and they would be like, yo, can I get a few minutes of your time? And I'd be like, yeah, sure, because I'm just like that kind of approachable, accessible kind of guy. Like, I don't, I don't play like that. So I'm like, yeah. But then when you tell me you're going to have me for five minutes, but then you go for like 20 – I'm like, damn, this ain't really this ain't really what you told me it would be like. I can do it, but like I got to actually get ready to go before I'm like late for my shit. Now, mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, you know, no disrespect. But it's a, so I recognize that people um, don't really pay attention. Many people don't pay attention to time. And so they ask for what they think they should ask for. They ask for what they think is common. And what I'm saying is. You want to do stuff that's uncommon if you want to get uncommon outcomes. 
Thanks. So I ask for things that are uncommon. I'm asking you for 11 minutes. Why? Because 11 is a unique number. I'm not asking you for 15 because the last time somebody asked you for 15, you found yourself with them for 30. <laughs> so people have abused 15. They've abused 30. They abuse an hour. I don't need all of that. Yeah. Plus, I also know I don't need to shoot my whole shot in one moment with you. Let me just get 11 minutes. Let's just date for a second. Let's even just find out if we even should be dating. So let me Come just on, get 11 man. minutes with you. And then if that 11 minutes goes good, then we can go further on. Yeah. So I think asking for the 11 minutes really puts people off guard because they're like, damn, if he's really serious about 11 minutes, I can give him 11 minutes. So number one, they're not used to seeing it. Number two, it's a short amount of time that I'm asking them for, but it's enough time just to get enough enough info. And number three, when I actually hold to it, they're like, damn, they believe me now. I just earned trust because I actually held to it. And in most cases, when I say thank you, you know, our 11 minutes is just about up. I appreciate it. Oh, I got a few more minutes. You know, we can go to such and such. Most of the time that happens. You actually get extended more time. All right. I got this question. Jump in, everybody jumping in. We got a lot of you see, we got a million questions. We're trying to get them in. My question is about your beautiful queen. My question about your queen, who you say been in the business for you. How did you a lot of times without my struggle with you being in a relationship, right? When you're going through a hard time, a lot of people give up on you, they can't go through it with you. They like, I can't do it. So, how did you what was it that kept y'all so persistent, so strong? And do you think you'll be where you are without her? And if hell not, no, what is her role? What is her role? Because a lot of people need to hear what is what is she. What does she do for you to make you at where you at? Like, the people need to hear what these queens doing because a lot of people think it's just solo game out here. And nah, it's a lot of people in the background. Nah, yeah. fam. Like, <laughs> yo, I would nowhere be where I'm at right now if it wasn't for her. Right. Nowhere. Yeah. Like, it's just, and it's not like, oh, why? Because she was man, man, maintaining the house. She was doing that and running the, running the business. Hmm. Truth yeah. be told, she's the CEO, fam. I don't have the CEO title. She does. Woo. <laughs> so then yeah. there's also got to be so there's also got to be some talk about brothers being hum, having humility huh. do you have enough humility to be, to make your partner the ceo or do you got to have the ego to go with it Whew. yeah i had to learn that game look i wasn't look i wasn't all like self-righteous this ain't like this ain't like uh Mario been on that for me. No, nah, man. Mario was egotistical. Mario was selfish. <laughs> Mario had to learn like, yo, yeah, you're true. not getting somewhere because you're being selfish. And she was showing that to me. And then I had to come to a realization like, is she right? Or am I going to continue defending myself until I'm blue in the face? Right. And at a certain point, I had to be like, yo, it's the, the common denominator is me. It's like the dude that keeps getting fired from every job. But every job is the problem. Right. <laughs> it's like, yo, <laughs> is, is it really every woman you with is the problem? Like, yeah, right. Are you doing any work, bro? Mm -hmm. Are you doing any work? Yeah. So, so at a certain point, I had to like be real with me and be like, no, I got to do this work. So I, she became CEO, rightfully so. And I think the difference was making sure two things. When you got a dream and a vision, I think people underestimate treating their family like stockholders. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I treat my family like stockholders. What does that look like? That looks like this. I have a dream. I got a vision. I would like to get you to leave your day job. She wasn't trying to leave her day job. She was actually making more in her salary than I was. So this was an uphill battle when I got laid off to be like, hey, this is my, this is my runway. I got laid off. I can pursue the side hustle thing. You come and you come and join me 
you can make this thing really work. I can do the mm -hmm. marketing and da da da. You can run the economics and blah blah blah. And she was like, "Hell no, I'm not doing that. We got a kid. We got all this." <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah. I sat her down and I did a presentation. What? I said, two o'clock Saturday, meet me in the kitchen. Two o'clock Saturday, meet me in the kitchen. I knew how to use PowerPoint. I put the shit together. I put a PowerPoint slide deck together and I showed her what, what the idea was, who I felt the competition was, what I felt the opportunity could be, what the business kind of could look like if we could work on this and how she could play a role. So I basically did what they call in marketing terms a, a SWOT analysis. I looked at the strengths, the weaknesses, mm -hmm. the opportunities right. and the threats and basically put together uh, and, and to even make it more simple, it's just who, what, when, where, why, how. Yep. Yep. And Thanks. if you just do one yeah. slide for each <laughs> one of those questions, yeah. your family be like, oh, so you're not doing this tomorrow. No, we're going to do this in like six months. I'm going to pad my bank account. We're going to do some savings. We're going to not eat out. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna beef it up so that we can get ready for this. Oh, now I understand why we got to take this sacrifice. Oh, now I understand why I can't ask dad for that extra cereal. Like it all starts to make sense because the family has been brought in to see the vision. Now the, cha the challenge is don't just dictate it to them. Make it a conversation. Show it to them. Present it. But then, hey, what, what are y'all thoughts? What questions do you all have? Oh, and then the last thing I would say is show them examples, if you can, of other people that have also made it. Because too often we got to see that, oh, you mean you're going to be like Charlemagne? Oh, you mean you're going to be like such and such? Like that can somewhat help people to kind of get a frame around what you are trying to present to them if they can't get the idea based off of how you're presenting it to them without that. Wow. Wow. Hmm. That's so now when my kid was like, hey, dad, um, I want to get a dog. I was like, OK, that sounds great. It's your 10th birthday. I understand you want to do that. I'm going to need to see a presentation. <laughs> and that dude at 10, that dude at 10 was literally putting together and he answered all the questions. Who is it? It's a dog. Yeah. <laughs> who, who, who's going to take care of it? Him uh, with the parents help. Uh, what will I do? I will walk it. I will feed it. You know, it was like, you know, why do I want a dog? Cause I think it would be fun. Like I remember it like, yo, he did the presentation. I was like, okay. Fam, you can, that's you a TikTok real fam. fam. That's a money avenue for you. You need to do a TikTok real <laughs> presentations, man. It's that'll go live. Like I'm going to do one, bro. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you want to, you want me to cut the yard? I need a presentation where I need the yard cut. Yeah, yeah. I need, you know, <laughs> it, me going out there to pay in the lawn, man. Why I need to go out there. <laughs> I'm saying if you show that to your queen and you sit her down and you treat her like two o'clock Saturday, you're going to meet me in the dining room or take it out the house. Sometimes you got to get out of the environment of where everything is so used to everything else. Right. And like, so, so go, go get a hotel room for the day. And do it in the hotel room or, or ask a friend for a spot like anywhere but where the normal chaos or the normal reactions can happen. Take it out. Take it off turf. Take it off turf because then you really get them more exposed and more open. And so I think if you do that with the person you really care about and if they can't see that. That doesn't mean that they don't support you. It just means they might be scared as hell. And you got to really mm. find out, are they afraid? Because that's different than do they believe I can do it? Right, right, right. If they don't believe yeah. I can do it, then we got to have a deeper discussion about what we even doing. 
<laughs> like, what, like, what's this about? You're right, because that's what yeah. a lot of people stuck in is they stuck on people who don't support. A lot of people they don't support each other, so a lot yep. of people are stuck in these situations where they don't even support it. Like, dreams have to be supported. That's just got to for me. It got to be supported, and that's I mean, why I'm like, there's two types of dream killers. You got the dream killers that actually don't want to see you be successful, right? And you know what that feeling is like. You right. you know how to avoid them. You know how to mm. feel that energy. But then you got your parents or other friends that are scared for you because they didn't they don't see what you see and they didn't do what you do. So now it's fear, but it right. shows up as like dream killing because it shows up like why don't you do the safe thing? It mm. shows up like why don't you just wait for that? You don't really have the education for that. Like it, it shows up like that. But what that doesn't that doesn't mean like they really don't want to see you be successful. It just means they don't understand it. So right. But they show, yeah. but then they open up their mouth, <laughs> and then we listen to it, and then we like, damn, maybe I can't, you know. So I think presenting the facts of the situation makes it harder for people to bring their opinions into your dreams. Fact, and I see you got a background in music. I, I mean, I heard you talk about music. I think you're a lover of music. I see the, I see, the, I see the hoodie. I like that hoodie you got on for real. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout um, out. It's a lot. Awesome. Being your internet, being that you're doing, you done made it and stuff. With these artists, like they just said, uh, I don't know if nobody read. They said they just got salt quaff on Rico charges. What is your opinion on all these artists? Like you see all the murders happening, and they saying, um, they saying it don't even make sense to go even do a record deal. Like all this stuff that's happening, the Rico charges. Why? I mean, what's your opinion on that and what's going on? You know, with today and all that, man. It just it seemed crazy to me to have them. Even with salt, would have had that much money. It's like I don't get with Frank Lucas. I said, man, how you make a million dollars? They say, man, pull a million dollars a day. How you don't pull out the game the next day? How you don't just work one week and say, you know what, I'm done. I done made seven million dollars Monday through Sunday. Let me right. go to Hawaii and chill. <laughs> right. And cops not on me. What? It's it's just it's crazy what's happening right now, man. I don't I don't I don't. It's like the hip hop world is messed up. I don't. It's it's crazy. I mean, look, man. I you know, and I'm no ho I'm not holier than thou, right? Like I, I've made I've made dumb decisions. I had a nine in my hand a couple of right. times. I've, you know, yeah. I've, I've been in like situations that it's just like, this doesn't seem right. Oh, okay. You know, better get out of this. And fortunately at those like last moments, I made the right decision to kind of like get out of whatever those situations that I got myself into. Right. Um, so I think that, you know, when you young, man, you think it's just going to keep coming and you think it's just going to keep coming. You think the money is never going to stop. You think it's going to keep coming. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of ego. There's a lot of pride. There's a lot of young brothers that are hurt because, you know, they haven't been treated right. They don't have the right upbringing. They haven't had the right fig the father figures in the households um, for some of them, not all of them. Um, and so I just think like the identity crisis is just, you know, it's crazy. Plus you got social media that turns everything into like astronomical comparison. Ooh, Lord. Yes, it's astronomical yes. To, yes. to compare now. I mean, yes. to the point where you got, you know, you got, you got Ja, you know, Memphis, you got Ja. Ja Moran, yeah. Yes, bro. It's oh, like, that story there. Yeah. You know, you oh, can yeah. go to the epitome of like, yo, what is he even doing? But it's like, okay, but y'all, do y'all know that everybody can carry in Tennessee? Yeah, like, that's what, oh my God. Like, you bro. can carry in Tennessee. Like, why are y'all tripping? It's not like he in Maryland doing this. Like, they on WNBA now. They on WNBA talking about they getting on them, finna get on them for when they nails and they, the hair in their head. And I'm like, come on, y'all going back to the Iverson days. I was going to say, man. Alan Iverson already took care of this. I that's thought, what I'm like, saying. <laughs> we are, now, the, now the ladies can't wear nails and stuff. They, they making their shots. <laughs> what is the problem? Like, we what is the IG Live, oh, bro. We talking about IG Live. <laughs> talking about I'm IG, telling you, we talking about IG Live. Did I shoot somebody? We talking about IG Live. Like, <laughs> man, yeah. I'm like, now I'm not saying I'm not condoning yeah. it, 
right? right. Like I'm think I'm saying that's a stupid move for him to do it on a live. Why yeah. is he doing yeah. that? He's mm -hmm. looking for some yeah. other acceptance. Yes. He's looking for some other validation. As a yeah. young kid, validation. I get that. But it's like, yo, you know, this is where yeah. it's the fight that we have is against this validation. It's against this identity and it's against support systems. Because if you don't have it from your home, you're going to get it from the street. At least, huh. that's what you think you're oh gonna, at least that's what you think you get. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, man, it's a tough yeah. battle. I just mm -hmm. I just really wish yeah. that there's any young people that listen to this, that if you got that even inkling of a feeling like I did, like, nah, this ain't right. I, I should be doing something. Else. And you trying to figure out how to get out. You got to go. You got to talk to that older brother, that that uncle in your neighborhood, that cousin that seemed to be on the right path. Like You got to go talk to somebody and say what you're struggling with. Cause you haven't figured out how to make no. a move yet and you need some advice or some ex, some somebody with other exposure to be able to see inside your world to give you some ideas on how you might be able to step out of that fact hey gang i just want to let y'all know no. i'm doing the podcast my battery i'm on the iphone my junk just said low power we know what that means so it might dial me in case i blank out <laughs> but um man i'm doing the show y'all take over in case i blank out but man i enjoyed you i'm definitely gonna be uh, reading your contact, following more of your contact, and I hope God keep blessing you and your family, your wife and your family, man. Y'all just go out of limits with me, man. Keep doing what you're I, I doing. I appreciate it. Um, like I said, with our culture, we have, I know we're blacks, we have a problem sharing and helping each other. We, we crabs in a bucket. Yeah. You see every culture help each other. Every culture help each other, but we the crabs in the bucket. We got, like I said, I like what you're doing. You have very good points, and you write about what you're saying, man. You can't, you gotta have no fear. It's like, yeah, it's like bro. going to the casino knowing I got a hundred dollars, but I'm scared to lose my hundred. Why I'm at the casino? Take the money and get lose. That's stupid. I ain't finna go, and I'm shaking the whole time. Like, oh Jesus, Jesus, please let me hit. This is my last hundred. That's dumb for me to be. Let me take something I can lose. Uh, something I ain't got fear of. So, man, I appreciate everything you said. You done gave me a lot of input. Hey, in my own life. So, man. Hey, hey man, I appreciate that too, bro. And I appreciate that you all are doing yeah. this podcast in this way, and that you all are being vulnerable because that too is something that we don't do. And right. you know, it's you know, it's being it can be frowned upon to be vulnerable yeah. to show show what's what's quote unquote seems weak. Like mm -hmm. you know, there's a moment where you yeah, you gotta you gotta stand up for your family. I get that. But, yeah. But you're a human being, and yeah. I think like this whole, you know, the problem with part of the problem. I'm not gonna say the problem, but part of the problem with the crabs in the bucket mentality is because we have been conditioned not to have stuff. Ooh. Yes. And yes. because of the structural racism, because of how it's all been done, when mm -hmm. we get something, we like, yo, hold on to that. Right. But what we have to understand now is that game yeah. has really changed due to the Internet, due to the access, due to the fact that we can buy from each other. We don't have to rely on somebody else to buy from us. Right. We don't have to yeah. rely on somebody else to take our products. So now that we know that. And now that we can be smarter about that, now it's like, no, 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 no. We got to now we have to start getting international with our thinking. Mm. And I think that's where we get like limited. Mm. We, even in our own even in our own team, I'm like, y'all, we got to start thinking about how we get this podcast on in India. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I want to get a book out and then I want that book done in yeah. like six different languages. Ooh. <laughs> so it's like, you know, we got to yeah. get exposure. And they've got to get exposure. And so I think like when we do that, we start to understand that the pie isn't small at all. The pie is big as hell. Right. And when we start, like I asked Shaq one time, man, and no disrespect, but I asked him, I was like, hey, hey, how come y'all don't get together with like other players and like y'all pull y'all money together 
and like invest in like this is 10 years ago invest in like entrepreneurs and other 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 people with great ideas that look like us and he said an answer to me that back then i'm sure is different than how he would answer it now but back then he was like well my money guy doesn't necessarily talk to my friend's money guy and i was like yo i don't understand that concept like you the one with the money right and i'm trying to tell yeah. you that y'all could pull together some money to make some really big change as opposed right. to you doing something here mm -hmm. and him doing something over there yeah. And you telling me your money guy don't mess with that money guy, so therefore y'all don't pull together. Like I just mm. checked out at that point. Yeah, <laughs> checked out because I was like, oh man. Yeah. No, that's real Hollywood, bro. Because even Stallone said, I mean, everybody know Creed three. Shout out to uh, Mike B. Jordan. Say he hit hundred. You know, he made it number. They saying Stallone didn't work with. It was a money thing because he didn't want to work with the director or something with this movie. He's like, I ain't. I don't want to do it with him. So you right about this. Like, it, it seemed like money gets so big. Now your money talk for you. Money talk. <laughs> now your money talk for you. Know what I'm yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, we ain't finna do. We ain't finna go over here. We ain't finna go over here. And it's and it's all the people that's like say you're not even controlling your own money, right? But and I'm sure that's different broke, now. I'm sure because he's he's been invested in a ton of businesses. Oh, he's yeah. done a lot of stuff, and he and he gives back like crazy. But right. I may have I may have just caught him yeah. at a moment, and he was being real and he was being honest. But now I understood why it was happening and i understand like this whole crabs in the barrel mentality it's even happening with people that got a lot of money yes yes it's yes. like y'all so we mm -hmm. got a lot of conditioning that we have to break down and the right. way we break it down is by actually lifting each other up by giving me a shot to come on your podcast by now me being like damn is there a way that i could promote this podcast is there something i can do for them right you know right. so it's like it's got to be reciprocated Yes, sir, man. We appreciate you coming on, man. And uh, I, I, I watch you live with Ash Cash. I watch the webinar, and man, you say, man, just, right you know, there, you gotta man. have the, you gotta have the, uh, 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 the strength, man, to just ask the question. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The courage to ask the question. I reached out, man, and, and we appreciate you coming on, bro. I'm asking. Ask asking is the fastest, yeah. lowest cost way of acquiring info and creating new opportunity. It just is. You just gotta keep asking. Mm. I like this guy, man. I like him. I like him, man. <laughs> I like him, man. It's common sense, but it's not common practice. Yeah, facts. you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. common sense, but it's not common practice. And it's just like when you ask, if somebody says no, and you go and ask somebody else, and they say no, and they're saying no for the same. There's only two reasons why you should be getting a no. If it's the same reason over and over that you're getting the same reason, then there's something wrong with your ask. If it's the same reason, if it's a different reason, one time it's like, no, because it's the wrong time. One time it could be like, no, because uh, it costs too much. Uh, or I thought it had these features. If it's different answers, then that means you just haven't found the, you haven't found the yes yet. You got to keep going. Keep, you don't change your pitch. You don't change your ask. You got to keep trying to find the right audience. Because a lot of times we are pitching the wrong people. We're not even asking. We're asking for people to give us a yes, and they don't even have the power to do it. So we got to be smart about who we're pitching or who we're going after. And then when we get that no, we got to understand, am I hearing that no, the same no over and over? Then I might need to change up and switch up what I'm doing. If I'm hearing a different no, Mario said, stay on that path. Don't change up what I'm doing. I've just got to hit the right person. It's going to happen. Hmm. So I don't know how many other people you asked now, and uh, they told you no. How many other people have you asked and they told you no? Well, I asked some guys for, I asked a few guys oh, for a white pair of glasses. So let me ask you, can I have them white glasses? 
Uh, <laughs> uh, I got two no's. Yeah, you can have them if you go if you go to if you go to Zenny.com, you can pick up you can pick up a pair. <laughs> if these didn't have prescription in them, I'd give them to you, but they got prescription in them. <laughs> but but Tony, Tony's for real though. How many times how many times how often do you ask people to come on? Does everybody say yes? No. Uh, no, nah, man. Majority, uh, majority don't. Uh, majority don't respond. Yeah. But man, but you when kept we but do you keep asking, yes, right? It's good. Yeah. But you kept asking, right? And here we are. Don't get discouraged. Nope. Nope. Sir. Now I got a question for you. First, okay. What was the first uh, band that you secured? The first brand deal. Uh, yeah, the first paid brand that you secured. Oh man, yeah, and really, oh man, man, first paid brand deal, man. That goes. I mean, that's probably mm, that might have been Microsoft. That might have been, um, man, that might have been Staples at the time. But the best, the best one that we got, <laughs> the best one that we got, that really changed the game because those were like all smaller ones. Those were like five and 10 K. But when I got that, uh, 186, 186,000 from FedEx office, that's when I was like, okay, this, a this, a whole other, <laughs> like this, a whole other situation. There's a lot that I can do. And so it, yeah. that, that was our first season of our show. And, and we needed to get uh, about eight, eight episodes done. And we put up some of our own money, um, but then we were able to get uh, 168, not 186, 168,000 from FedEx office. And I think that was the biggest deal for us because mm -hmm. when we did that, I recognized like, oh man, if you know how to package and you know how to present, then it's just a matter of you see, making sure that you think you can solve a problem that they have mm -hmm. and show your solution in a way that can help them solve a problem. There's, there's money. And that's, that, that's, you know, that's like not, nothing to them, but that was like everything to us. Yeah, I have a question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we are, you know, we're part of the CTR Media Podcasting Network, and uh, we have a, a multiple podcasters. When is a good time to reach out to these branding companies, or what are they looking for to, to, to actually do a partnership with them? Yeah, they're looking for who's your audience is like the most important thing. Um, it's not necessarily the most important, but it's like right there, like number two or number three. Like, who are you reaching? And and who's who's gravitating to what you're doing? Like that's really really important to understand who that person is. Like what do they buy? What do they eat? Where do they shop? What kind of music they listen to? Um, what do they get in the grocery store? Are they shopping in Whole Foods or are they shopping like in Giant? Do they have it like that? Where they getting like uh, groceries delivered and using like Instacart and Uber Eats and Peapod or are they having to go out and get like so understanding what we call the psychographics, which is like the consumer behavior, the things that they're into, and then understanding the demographics, which is like the age, the income, zip code, uh, education levels, things of that nature. The brands really want to know more of the psychographics than the demographics. The demographics are important for, probably just for age, but then after that, it's more like it's all about like uh, the, the buying habits and, and, what cons and what, your, what your psychographics show for your audience. So brands need really three things. They need to understand who your audience is, 
they need to understand um, the alignment that you see with them. So if you got a pocket, like what's your podcast? What's your other podcast about? Uh, it's uh, T-Swin, uh, live with T-Swin. Uh, it's it's uh, mostly like about my music, uh, expediting in the transportation world. And just like my okay. life, just my daily life. But but it's but it's also about the trans did I hear the transportation world? Yeah. Yeah. So okay, so then I say to you, what mm -hmm. are some of the products and services that people in the transportation world need? What what comes to mind? Like what product or what service? What are things that people in the transportation oh, man, world security. need? Uh, they need uh, equipment to secure the freight. Um man, they need uh, PPE, personal protective equipment. Uh, GPS systems, uh, electronic log systems. Perfect. Uh, man, all of these um, are all of these are the brands that are aligned. All, right. all of the perfect. Those are your target companies. Those products, those services are the brands that you would be going to because you got the listener that's paying attention to that. Mm. JB, what's your podcast about? I don't have a. This is this is the only podcast that I'm on. I'm, I'm new to the game. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Um, but that's that's the question the question is no matter if you're doing an event you know like if um if you decide Hoverman, if you decide that you're going to do an event about uh violence or security or something where you're trying to bring the community together like why wouldn't you get brands to support that hmm. so like these got to be brands that are down with your mission mm-hmm but yeah. there definitely are brands that are down with that mission. It's just a matter of, are you talking to them? Mm. Are you telling them who's going to show? Are you giving them a sense as to who that audience is? So when you can tell a brand, I have an audience, like for me, when I say I have an audience of entrepreneurs uh, and some of these are side hustlers, some of these got like full-time jobs and they're working on a side gig. Some of them got, are solopreneurs, meaning they're an entrepreneur of one. And then others have like maybe three to five employees. Like that's, that's who I'm talking to. And they're trying to build their brand. They're trying to put out digital products. They may be also coaches. They may be podcasters, YouTubers, social media influencers. They may be authors or, and they may have their own masterminds and they may do events. Like that's who I'm talking to. And so then I can tell them, look, 80% of my audience travels and they travel more than five times a year. So that tells me I can go after brands that want travelers, even though my content might be motivational and inspirational. I'm not talking about how to get a plane ticket for free. I'm talking to the audience that wants to get the information that I want to give. But I did a survey on my audience and I asked them these questions and that gave me information to understand what's my listeners behavior like. Oh, I got people that fly a lot. Well, that indicates that they travel, that they got disposable income, that they need rewards points, that they need luggage, that they need hotels, that they need Ubers and Lyfts, that they need rental cars. So it tells me all the companies that I could be approaching to, to get for sponsorship. So it's that kind of structure that we, you know, in my programs, we really teach people how to uncover that because a lot of times they're so close to it, they don't even know how easy it is. And then it's, once you identify who, like once you know who your audience is and then you identified who makes the most sense, like who is aligned with that audience, then it's like how, then the third thing is how are you packaging it to present it to them? Mm. Because then everybody's like, yo, who do I contact? And I'm like, yeah, okay. 
there's so many different people that a brand mm-hmm. that you could contact. So it's not about who do you contact. It's about when you get the contact, what are you going to actually send to them? What are you going to actually tell them? Especially if you're just a startup or especially if your podcast is new or you don't have a lot of numbers, how are you going to prove some value even though you may not have a large following? Because it's not that you don't. I'm about to post up a reel tomorrow morning that shows that brands are actually spending more money now. 77% of brands are actually spending more on micro-influencers than macro-influencers. Like, it's dropped. The big audiences with the big followings is now, like, at 64%, and people with, like, five to 10,000 followers is at 77%. So these brands are looking for people to do business with that got smaller audiences. And the reason is because when you got a smaller audience, they know that the listener or the viewer is actually wants to be there. They're actually engaged. They're actually going to buy something or support you or give to your Patreon or buy your merch or show up at your event. And since they know that, they're like, yo, how do we we got to get a bunch of people with small numbers to advocate for our brand. So it's now it's like they got to con- they got to find you and that makes it really difficult for you to be found if you're not putting your stuff out there to be found or if you're not approaching them. So I think the biggest problem is a lot of people think the deals come to you. Deals don't come to you. You got to go and get the deals. But once you start putting yourself out there, it makes it easier for other deals to come to you once you start getting deals. Just like anything else. Yeah. Once you got that woman one time and she was hot, you were like, yo, I actually pulled that off. You had the confidence you could do it again. <laughs> yeah. But you had to get through the one time. And, and when yeah. other women saw you with that fly woman, how T Swim pulled that? <laughs> now they like, now they checking T, right? <laughs> so, like, it's nothing yeah. different with brand deals. The minute I did the FedEx office, you know, UPS is looking at me, right? And then just last year, yeah. I did a deal with UPS. <laughs> so it's like, it, it builds your credibility. The association starts to leverage your credibility and you can use that credibility to another level. Wow. Yeah, I remember, man, in, in the uh, webinar that you did, you said list the companies that you want to target and then list their competition. So, man, oh, and, yeah, and that's the I had fastest about 30 way to get a list. 30 companies. Yeah, I had about I 30 companies on my that. list. I forgot that yeah. I said that because if you if you know, like, if you know, like Verizon is, you know, it should be a sponsor, then that means T-Mobile, AT&T. That means, you know, that means you go on and on. So you're right. The minute you come up with a list, all you got to do is think about, well, who are their competitors? And you're going to triple that list. Now, where can hmm. people go to get this training from you? Uh, yes. Hit me up. Go to NeverSettleAcademy.com. NeverSettleAcademy.com. We got the program and everything in place. We really help walk you through getting that, de- getting those deals and making it happen. We're turning up a few things with the program too, where we actually make your materials for you now. Like we make your video reel, we make your media kit. We're doing a lot. We're doing a lot more than what we did even a year ago. Um, so go to neversettleacademy.com or just DM me on Instagram at Mario Armstrong. DM me on Instagram. But what I don't want people doing is I don't want them taking out loans before they check with me i don't i don't want you dipping into the credit card before you check with me i don't i don't want you asking for family and, fr- and friends for money and then you have to run and hide when you got to try to pay them back and you ain't got it yet 
and now they're getting antsy. Now nobody believes in the dream. Like, just hold off on all that. Like, let's try to get the money from another source that doesn't have to be paid back. That's the beauty of, of uh, the sponsorship deals. Like, if you actually can get one, it can help to fund the idea. And then all you have to do is execute on what it is you said you were going to do for that brand. You just got to execute. But you can keep your costs really low in order to do that. So you can get a higher profit margin when you keep your costs low. Uh, I have a, a question for you. Um, nah, man. Uh, so what are you? Go ahead, Joe. Uh, you're you're a really good speaker, Mario. Um, I was wondering, is what kind of training did you have? Did you have like this this from trial and error, from constantly doing podcasts, or or did you actually like do some, read some books, or do are you on the were you on a debate team, or none of it, bro? <laughs> okay. None of it. it. It was studying other people that seemed to really have it together. So Oprah, um, Arsenio, um, I'm just trying to think of some people that I've watched over the years. Um, even, even more recently, even watching Kevin Hart mm-hmm. interview people. I like watching Kevin. I like watching the dude. I forget the dude's name on um, Hot Ones. I forget that dude's name. Yeah. Um, but just watching certain people and, uh, and then asking, bro, like every, 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 every opportunity that I got into, like when I got into the TV business and I asked, could I do it for free? And they said, yeah. Then I would ask them, like, you know, do do you stare? Do I stare at you, or do I look at the camera? You know. And they were like, no, no, no. Just we're having a conversation. Only talk to the camera when you actually need to say something direct to the audience that you feel is really personal or needs to be intimate. Other than that, keep it as a conversation. Oh, okay, check. Um, when I was starting to do stuff in radio, I would pick up on little things that I would read. I read that dude would put his um, stomach up against like he would put his stomach up against the back of his chair of his chair. So he have his chair. Right. But he put his diaphragm like up under there and then he would talk on the mic and that would give him like more more resonance in, in his in his speaking. So it was like it was a deeper, more full sound. I was like, what? So I was just picking up on all these little things and just watching people, man. And then I would just watch YouTube clips and then um, and then it was just doing it and just putting the action in. And then I would listen to myself. I would. And for public speaking, what I would do for the, for a while is I watched myself on mute. So a lot of people will watch themselves to study themselves. But I would watch myself on mute because I wanted to see what was my body language communicating. And, and and if I'm smiling when I'm saying something that probably shouldn't have a smile or if my hands are too busy, then I'm distracting the message or maybe I should have stood still at that point and delivered that that moment instead of walking back and forth across the stage. So I, I like to study myself and I like to study others. And then I just do, bro. Like I just I think the best way is just by getting on the field. Like I ain't, I ain't trying to sit in a classroom too long to learn how to catch a pass. I'm trying to get on the field and and just get my head knocked off while I learn how to catch a pass. <laughs> oh, I won't run that way next time. I'm a juke and go left. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so to me, it's like the more you can do it, and then pay attention to it. Like y'all get me excited. I like to talk, as you can see, and it's been hard for me, even in this scenario, to take pauses. <laughs> to, to like let y'all like actually have a moment and that's something that i'm still kind of working on yeah because i know i can go but i need to let it breathe 
and I know sometimes I need to step back and like let people insert. So I'm still working on that. Wow. Yeah, I watch I watch a lot of you can go. I know you can go, but it'd be, it'd be good information though. And so we all we all listening because we students right now, and uh, we appreciate all the game that you're giving us. Telling man. you, man. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate what y'all are doing, man. So, uh, uh, you know, what are some things? I mean, coming off of coming off of uh, Chris Rock's what special, what's something going on? I'm like, man, right now. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. What'd you say? I'm sorry. My bad. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off, man. You can finish about three minutes. Maybe we had a little technical difficulty right there. I think I had a delay. Yeah, just a little delay. But yeah, man. I seen the okay. Chris Rock special, man. It was funny, man. He say, he say the best <laughs> for the last on that on his stand up. He say the best for the last. He 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 definitely went. I mean, I mean this 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 is this is this is this is the man's podcast, right? We 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 safe over here, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. We certainly. Yeah, we play. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you know, I mean, look, man, I mean, um, Go ahead. you know, I just think that that was really number one. Shout out to Chris for keeping it quiet for that long because that was strategic. And I bet you, you know, I, I put yeah, 101 that Dave Chappelle called him the minute it happened. It was like, don't you say a damn thing anywhere. Um, word that I got was that he was in the writer's room heavy with Dave and a bunch of and, and and some other cats like that heavy and that's why Dave and him went on tour um towards the end of last year I think that was they was on tour together and if you watch the special you can you can almost hear a little bit of Dave come out and kind of like how the structure of some of that was done not to take away from Chris at all but you could just kind of hear just a little bit of that different structure at least I did and um and then mm -hmm. you know I'm looking at I'm looking at Netflix and I'm like Oh, y'all are doing the bag right now. Like the 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 real the story is going to be him talking about Will and Jada and the slap and all that. And I get that. And he bodied it. And and you know people can say what they want to say, but from an artistic perspective, from an artistic perspective, he bodied it. He bodied it. And I could see the rage that he still had. I ain't sitting here yeah. judging whether or not he should have done it, shouldn't have done it, whether Will should have hit him, not hit oh, him, yeah. whether he did it because of Jada. I ain't I ain't even getting into any of that because everybody got their camps on that. All I'm saying is. His art form came through and he bodied that. But what's really crazy is Netflix ain't playing. Netflix about to get into this live event production. Nah. Netflix about to get into the live streaming. And yeah. the fact that they did that on the back of, of Chris being a black comedian, whether you can say he got white audiences or whatever you want to say about Chris, whatever. What it shows me is that Netflix is about to go toe to toe in these streaming wars. Because what Amazon got Thursday night football, YouTube got something somebody else. Like they can't. Netflix already said we can't do the sports. We can't. We we don't want to get in that business. So I'm like, oh y'all gonna do live comedy shows? Y'all gonna start trying to bring up mm -hmm. other live events? So it was just kind of, it was kind of wild. And then the fact that he did it in my hometown of Baltimore, I was like, damn, that's kind of cold. That's because you know Jada from Baltimore. So I was like, damn. <laughs> I'm like. But, uh, but yeah, I was peeping that Netflix game. I was really yeah. checking like how they did the pre-show, and then they did the post-show. Yeah. Afterwards, I was like, man, it's a whole thing they testing right now. They testing this right now. Beta test, definitely. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. When, Byron, I, saw, when I saw it say that it was live, I said, oh, man, you trying something new. Go ahead. Yeah. It's, I want Matt Mar- Mario for for those you said you know you hit rock bottom you and your wife but you yeah. had your wife with you as a support system. What would you say for those who don't have a support system? They're all by themselves because I remember when I hit rock bottom, I got pushed out of policing uh, for actually standing up for truth, you know, and, mm. and and fighting against some things that I did see and. Mm. and and by the way, man, I've done everything you can imagine in policing. Got all the wars, the accolades to go with it. Damn. But when I spoke out against what I saw was wrong, you know, I, I it, it got it got so unsafe that I had to leave. Right. And I'm glad I did. Right. So and then you know the finances I had to everything went was, was it was a struggle for a long time, and I didn't have no one to turn to, but uh, but God, of course. So what what would be your advice for those who don't have someone that they can turn to for support when they hit rock bottom? Bro, first off, I did not know that about your background. That says that's that's that says a lot, bro. Like, yeah. Now I also understand why you're also fighting the battle that you're fighting and and who you're Absolutely. fighting for and why. Absolutely. Like it all like if I had a chance to dig into that story, I would understand even deeper. Why, oh, right? Like the stuff you've seen, the stuff you've been through and the stuff, you know, gets done. It's like, you've been behind the wizard of Oz. You understand exactly what's going on. Um, to a level that was detrimental to your health. Absolutely. And your well being. Um, and I commend you for understanding and trying to figure out a way around it. And also taking that, self-preservation kicked in but at the same time it's still a tough decision because you got no livelihood now and so i think when it comes down to support man i mean you really said it best it's faith i i really don't have an answer for how someone gets out of their lowest low without some form of faith and i think the hard pill that I may suggest to people and I'm being careful of how I say it because I don't want people to take it wrong. I'm saying this with love and and empathy, but sometimes I don't even know if it's sometimes if I'm being really real to what I'm feeling right now, I feel like all the time, whenever Mm -hmm. we go through something, even if it's bad, we were supposed to learn something from that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the hard pill to swallow because it's kind of like, so you mean I was supposed to go through that suffering? Like, mm. I don't need How does that rationally make sense? And it's like, I can't tell you until you end up using something from that moment in some new event that happens in your life. Mm. And unless you have that awareness that mm. that's where that mm. came from, you may not even recognize that that's what the lesson was that you learned. But if we are seeking to understand how, you know, when that happened to you, the questions had to be crazy that were going through your mind. Oh, absolutely. And then I ask you now, and I don't know if you've c- completely recovered from that or not. So if this doesn't feel comfortable, don't answer it. But if I asked you now, did you learn a lesson from that? And if so, what what was the lesson? Oh, I learned a lot of lessons. The, the main lesson was, is that... Man, when you when you know you've 
I mean, I grew up in the project, so I know I know tough times. Mm-hmm. You know, I, my father wasn't there. My father died when I was a baby, mm-hmm. and I, I I know the struggles of life, and and I know the my skin color, and my demeanor, how I carried myself. As soon as I entered the academy, I dominated. Couldn't be touched. Got out of the academy. I dominated in all areas, and I did it the right way. But that's mm-hmm. the key. Um, and man. I'm going to tell you something. I, I I fought and put in jail some of the most dangerous criminals in Houston. Mm. And I had more worry, not about being killed or, or harmed in a way by criminals, but, fi- but by those who wore the same badge. So it was a constant battle between the two. Right. But, but, but I'm going to tell you something, Mario. But when that time came, when I had this, this this the sit before the chief and all the command staff and all that it transpired with that and uh I, I'm, I'm gonna tell you man um i just couldn't believe at all the sacrifice they know i made and everything officer of the year everything man mm. everything i've done mario no one and it's it's gonna have to be they they're not they're not talking about it but mario the things I've done, no police officer has ever done in the history of policing. And Dang. they know that, and they still, because I spoke the truth about mm. injustice, they pushed me out. And the only thing I learned from that is Jesus had to face and be persecuted, ridiculed, isolated, abandoned, and forsaken. He said to me, what makes you different? That's what the Lord told me. Mm. And he just kept me, man, through all that. That's all, that's the best I, I don't, before I get too emotional, but. Nah, brother, I appreciate uh, you sharing, man. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing. I see uh, Multifarious Studio says deep. I appreciate you sharing because um, that level yeah. of vulnerability is important for us to understand. And I'm going to say this. I don't even know you. I just met you today. And I, what I got from that energy, your energy, your story, and I have no right to kind of claim what I think is a learning experience for you, but I'm going to say what I think actually may be a learning experience. Part of me wonders, I even feel more than a wonder, like I would, I would bet on this, but part of me feels like you had to go to those heights You had to be that decorated and you had to be that clean for you to realize you can't make the impact inside of that system that you can outside of that system. Mm. But when your whole demeanor and everything was structured, Mm -hmm. I'm going to change it from within and you did everything right to change it from within and you did everything to get these accolades to do what you did to do things that haven't never been done before and you do it within and to still get treated like that tells me like, oh, that means his real impact is about to happen. Because he could only do but so he did as far as he could do mm-hmm. within. So all those people that you gave a second chance to, yeah. all those people that you gave a little bit of a lighter, lighter sentence to, all those people that you gave a pep talk to that we never got a chance to see you give a pep talk, all those people that you saw that you picked up off the street and helped try to get them straightened out. All that stuff we never saw. We never saw. 
but you did it. We didn't see it, but I can tell you this, that impact then was felt for that moment, and you were supposed to impact those people the way you did at that time, but then you hit your max. You peaked. You peaked, bro. You hit your max. It ain't it ain't a bad thing. It's a good thing. And I know that's you know, I know it's gotta mm-hmm. be tough for me to say that to you. Um, but I see it as like, oh my gosh, bro, what is he about to actually achieve now? Because now you don't have those same limits. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. you don't have those same rules. Right. Now you don't have that same structure. Yeah. And now you don't have right. to worry about looking over your shoulder like that. So what is that gonna enable you to do? So yes. now it's getting back to what's my next right step on this big vision. Let me use, you got the credit. You already got the credibility that most people don't have. Your story is the reason why this thing should actually work differently. Your story is the reason why this credibility is that much higher. It should must be taken that much more seriously. Yeah. yeah. And it's not about, co- it's not about being conceited. It's not about look at me. It's about, no, you got to understand I've been to the height of that system. Yeah. And I can no longer do within that system what I can do outside of it, but I had all the credibility in the world within it. But now I'm going to use that credibility and we're going to make some real change on the outside. Man, appreciate that. So that's that's how God is Good using you, man. bro. That's how God is using you. Appreciate he didn't, that. He didn't want you to become a full-time cop. Appreciate that. That wasn't it. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, Dr. Tina puts it perfectly. You know, use the power of podcasting to tell your story with no limits. I would be telling any, I would get my story tight. I would get my story succinct. What is your story? And I would be looking for people to help me with that, shape it, just like you saw that Chris Rock structure, whether you believe, you know, whether you disagree with him as a comedian or not, that ain't the point. The point is the storytelling structure. And so, If I were you, I'd be really working on how in less than three minutes can I tell my story? How in less than two minutes can I tell the moments of my story that you can feel the gravity of it, the credibility of it, my emotion in it, and my solution for it? Yes, sir. The more you share, the more you're going to find people that's going to want to help. The less you share, the less people know. Okay. Man, thank you for all the gems you've been dropping tonight. And uh man, we appreciate you coming on. Man, what you I got coming up? You know, okay. Man, I felt like I just jumped into the barbershop or something, man. I felt like we was just, you know, we all, <laughs> except I ain't got no fly fade. Jeez. I ain't looking like JB. JB looked like he probably the only one that got a fresh fade, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's the only one of uh, he's one of uh two people that could get a fresh fade. <laughs> yeah, <let's laughs> I uh, hit so strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I appreciate yeah, being uh, on with y'all, man. So whatever I can do to help promote it and put it out there, just let me know. Um, and if there's some other guests that you're trying to target that you'd love to have on, you know, let me know about that. I'll see what I can do to help. But uh don't make it the last time. And, and you know yes, how to sir. hit you know how to reach me. You got all that, you got all the contact there for Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, what you got? Uh, what you got coming up? What's next for uh, Mario Armstrong? Never settle. What's going oh, on? Oh man, I'm cooking. I'm cooking two things. I'm cooking up a new show. I'm really excited about this. I just gotta. Ah uh, man, it's been a rough one. Like normally, I can get a show idea and get it on paper and get it moving quick. For some reason, this one is like taking longer in the kitchen. I'm like, okay, I get it, but like, 
I need to start getting some samples out there for people to taste. But this is would be a new show. It's going to be kind of fast paced. It's going to be like ESPN meets entrepreneurship. Um, so it's going to be like commentary and opinions from people that are experts in um, branding, marketing, e-commerce, um, and entrepreneurship. But we're going to be talking about like the hot headlines that a lot of people aren't talking about. Like the stuff that y'all talk about amongst yourselves, but like nobody's talking about it inside of like a, a broadcast production about entrepreneurs. Gotcha. So that's one. Um, and then the second one is I'm working on a new show that's going to be a little longer to get done unless some things happen. So it may be 2024. I was really hoping for 2023. Um, and that one's um, an entertainment show. So that's, that's more of a talk show, live studio audience. But it's going to be me sitting down with um, people in film, music, and basically the arts, but mostly film and music. But it's going to be a different discussion. It's going to be a discussion based around really how to break into these positions. And it's not just going to be like actors and singers. It's going to be um, casting directors. It's going to be oh, makeup designers. Yeah, it'll be a lot of because that's where a lot of roles and a lot of opportunity for a lot of people is at. So it's like, how do you become a three? How do you become a graphic designer for the next Avatar? How do you end up working for uh, Lena Waite out there? And you know, like, how do you position yourself? How do you get your music to be heard and to get a, a and to get a sink sinking deal with with some of these TV shows mm -hmm. and movies? And so it's like it's really trying yeah. to uncover a lot of the things that aren't talked about in these big entertainment spaces in order to try to help people get access to those spaces. Man, well, we appreciate you coming on for, with us, man. And yeah. uh, uh, we're going to do this again. And I'm, I'm going to reach out to you. We're going to be reaching out to you. And man, God bless you. And that, thank man. you, man. Thank you for dropping the gym. Oh, thank man. you for preaching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro. yeah, thanks for having yeah. me on, man. Thanks for thanks for uh, looking out for me and, and asking me. Uh, I was honored to do it, so I was glad to be here. And um, oh, yeah, the other thing I'm working on, too, man, is I'm turning that Gold Buddy thing into an app. I got to get that into an app. So I'm looking to launch launch that this year so that people can actually have an app where they can put their goals like y'all can share your goals with each other and hold each other accountable. And you can see like, yo, I wonder if Tony got anything done today. Or if you did get something done, when you check it off your list, <laughs> then JB's going to get a notification. And JB's going to be like, damn, Tony yeah. over here checking things off his to-do list. I ain't got nothing done today. Let me oh, get yeah. to work. So to get you, yeah. get, you, get you that motivation and accountability. So I'm looking forward to launching that app at the end of the year. All right. Man, well, we appreciate you, man. And this has been the Men Can't Always Be Wrong podcast with special guest Mario Armstrong, brought to you by CTR Media Network. And we out. Love y'all. Peace. Thank you, bro. All right. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know. Do you think about me? Smoking on trees, sipping on Hennessy. Switching lanes, throw, had to hit the high beam. Almost bit the sun, so my baby starts to scream. Told her calm down, cause you know I got that lean. Gasoline in the tank, and you know I got the screen. Peanut butter on the seats, that's the mix that makes it cream. Getting top, that's an eye, we about to make a scene. You on top, we don't stop, this is what you see in dreams. Staying still, and be buried in the land for.
feel the wrong circles could really hurt you or get a man killed. Watch who you align with, run, hustle, and grind with. Share your ideas and choose to spend time with. Team players, or are they playing for the other side? Would they even come to your funeral if a brother died? A road to success might require no passengers, no plus ones, no leeches, and no scavengers. For real, them people want you to chill. Don't sleep behind the wheel. The devil trying to make a deal. Don't sleep behind the wheel. There's a new sheriff coming to a city near you, and I'm well on the mission to bring a new era to policing that will change everything that you know it as it relates to communicating, assisting, helping, delivering the correct and justified acts to remove crimes and to help you as a citizen against every crime that comes against you with the solutions to impact your community, your city, and generations to come with CPIIA, Citizens and Police Immediate Interactive Assistance. I cannot do this on my own. I need your help. And we together can for certainly make the change needed for a better city, a better country, for a better future. The Homeschooling Interactive Magazine is a magazine that embraces and celebrates the entire homeschooling experience. Our magazine is different from all the rest because we provide beneficial information and assistance in homeschooling, business, wellness, mental health, resources, and life. We encourage you to pick up a copy of our magazine today on Amazon.com by simply searching The Homeschooling Interactive Magazine. The Homeschooling Interactive Magazine is all about impacting the world through home-based learning, helping to de-stress the homeschooling experience. Get your copy from Amazon today. CTR Media Network is now accepting new podcasters to join our growing network that's reaching 350 million global listeners. Have you heard? CTR Media Network offers podcast production, podcast training, distribution, and product placement. Book us for your next event or schedule an interview with CTR Media Network podcasters today. 
To learn more, go to ctrmedianetwork.com.